From the sandy beaches of Hawaii comes a wave of God's love and the challenge to go deeper. Paddle out with us and experience the thrills of the radical plan God has for your life. It's Deep Adventure Radio with your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. Aloha and welcome to Deep Adventure Radio. I've got as one of my guests today, I don't know, he's kind of passive. He's sort of uh, soft-spoken, not very intense. Uh, He's an MMA, UFC fighter. We have with us... Boss Rutan today. I can't even believe we got you on the show. You probably, I'm probably more excited about having you on the show than probably anybody ever, boss. So welcome to the show. That's a good thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good lead-in for me. You know, I feel a little bit more comfortable now. Well, I don't want you to be. You know, you're so you're so shy. Hey, did you take your receptor? <laughs> did you take your receptor? Are you ready? Are you calm down? Are you ready to, ready I, to I, do this? You know, I haven't taken it yet. Now <laughs> I haven't taken it yet, but I will. I will take it. Well, you, we're in trouble then. I think we're going to be in trouble. I, I, you know, boss is. Probably one of the most intense people I know, and I guess to be a UFC uh, champion, heavyweight champion, plus Pancrase three times, right? Ch- world champion. Yes. Uh, it takes a little bit of intensity, I guess you'd say. But I want I want to go. You know, yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I look at you, you look intense, dude. You look like just as intense as a grizzly bear. Trust me. <laughs> but I, well, I, I I'm really not. You know, I'm. Uh, it is what you is what you is what you say, teddy bear. <laughs> she would say, "Yeah, he'll 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 be intense as a grizzly bear when needed." Right. But uh, now with the, and especially now they were talking about it yesterday with the uh, with the faith. You know, she yeah. says, "Oh man, they're they're so happy. I'm so calm." So that's a good thing. Isn't that something? Well, let's let's go back in time a little bit. I remember, boss, uh, the first UFC fight. Uh, I don't know. It was in the late '90s, like '97 or '98, wow. and. And I and I and I was training in martial arts like you. You you started in Taekwondo, right? Was that your first yes. style? And yep. uh, you know we all saw the Bruce Lee movies, right? And then we had to go. <laughs> yeah, that. <clears throat> <laughs> yep. No, no. Keep going. That's uh, well, it. Was the reason that I started fighting. I uh, Enter the Dragon, the movie Enter the Dragon. When yeah. I saw that, that changed my life. So yeah, I have a lot of guys my age, like you and everybody else, are fighters. They all started because of Bruce Lee. Yeah, but you know, so but I but I, I'm. You know, I, I invite all the black belts over from the dojo. We're training in uh, ninjutsu. They all come over to my house, and we're going to watch the first ever UFC. And it blew our mind when we saw Hoist Gracie laying on his back, winning. You know, in a in a, I think in, a, in, a, in an arm bar. We, we were blown away. But by then, you had already been training in in uh, in uh, you know ra- grappling and things like that. You'd already been doing that for years before the first UFC. Is that right? No, no I, um, I started two months before the UFC in Japan, started an organization called Pancras. But I, w- I was primarily a striker going in. Um, a few losses by way of submission uh, will <laughs> make me, make, force me, my hand, so to say. And, uh, you know, I, I suddenly I realized that if I would not learn that ground game, I would never become a champion. So it was either that or going to stop. And then I just looked at my wife and says, okay, let's go all the way then. And then for somehow I got obsessed by ground fighting and uh, I never lost a fight anymore. My last 22, I won. I won actually my next eight fights by submission, one by submission defense of, by a decision, but it was all because of the submission game. And uh, I submitted seven other people. That was right after I decided, you know, to learn the ground game. So I, that's what I tell my students always, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. I'm nothing special. We're all the same. It's just the amount of work, work that you put into it. 
And, you know, to look at you, it looks like watch out for that punch that's coming, you know. But we all did. The next day, all the, all the guys in the dojo, we went down and said, we've got to find the Gracies. We've got to learn how to fight. We've got to learn how to fight on the ground and things like that. But the thing about fighting, right, with the MMA, everybody says, uh, oh, it's just so violent. But th- those of you who, you know, the people who really practice it, it's a chess game, isn't it? I mean, the, the ground game. All of that. I mean, it's you know, fascinating. It, 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 yeah, it, it really is. It, there, there is. There is no violence. You know, football is violence. If you break down what the definition of violence is, you know. So it's, uh, for us, it's really, if I, if I shoot hoops with you, basketball, or I fight, you know, we're just figuring out at that moment who the toughest guy is, who's the strongest fighter. And you will see all these guys, that even when they had words before, they all make up just like, there's maybe an, one example, Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey. You know, that, that was the only one that after a fight, that Ronda Rousey didn't want to make it up. You know, that's the first time in my life I've ever saw that. So, but normally, no, it's just testing skills. And the thing about MMA, though, is that like in boxing, there's basically like, I don't know, maybe like eight skills. You know, the skill set is narrow. It's limited. In MMA, it's just there's so much. And there's always something, something new, some new you know, it's all about angles, and you're using every single part of your body as a weapon. You know, it's a tremendous. It's a tremendous. It takes a very intelligent person, I think, to become good as an MMA fighter. Well, big Joe McCarthy said it a long time ago. You know, it's uh, it's where people want to make it illegal. It's a blend of four Olympic sports, right? If you take the, the punches from boxing, and then the kicks from taekwondo, then you have judo. That's all the submissions come from judo. And then you have wrestling as the, the middle ground, so to say. So you blend four mix, uh, Olympic sports together, and boom, suddenly it's illegal. So they started working on the rules. You can't do this anymore. You can't do that anymore. And slowly but surely, they started putting a good rule book together. And then thankfully, the athletic commissions around the country said yes. And boom, here we are. It's, it's actually a safer sport than boxing. And, and safer than Thai boxing. Boxing is pretty much 90, 95% of all the punches land on the head. And that means also in training, when you're sparring, there's a lot of head punishment, which is, of course, not good for your head. And in, in, in Thai boxing, well, there's already body kicks, leg kicks as well. So, you know, the head gets spared a little bit more. And mixed martial arts, a lot of guys take the fight to the ground and they go for submissions uh, like you have in, 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 in judo for the people of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So... You know, it's, it's also you don't train every day sparring. Every day your head doesn't get hit. You know, one day you say, okay, let's wrestle today. And today let's do work on our submissions. And let's, today we, we work on takedowns and submissions. You know, see, so, so you can spread it out so the impact to the head becomes less and less. And that's, what's more, that's why it's more safe. I just remember every Saturday morning leaving and my neck hurting a lot from, from being submitted too many times. I, but, but uh, you know, so, so the, the whole thing about this, it's a chess game. It's, a, it's really a game for brilliant people, uh, but there's more to it than that. There's, there's the courage. There's the, there's the physical training. What's your physical training regimen like to, to get ready for a fight? Oh, you know, I had all these crazy uh, routines that I'm doing. And I'm one of those guys that if I have a routine that works, I will never change it. You know, stretching routine. My stretching routine is the same as when I started fighting. And people go like, oh, you never change it. I said, why would I change? I never had an injury. So, you know, if it works, why would I break a winning combination? Well, how many hours a week week do you stretch when you're getting ready? Or just, I guess, in just your regular Oh, not not a lot. Actually, I... I, uh, the, the the way I stretch now is when I do a rosary, <laughs> so it's about an uh, it's about a twenty minute stretch for my legs, and I make sure that they uh, they they stay loose. I have bad knees; I don't have cartilage on my kneecaps, so it's very painful walking up and down. 
but if I stretch, then it's 70% less. So it's a big thing for me, stretching. I do it every day. Flexibility training. I do that in the jacuzzi, uh, praying the rosary too. Isn't that crazy? But, but I mean, we have the same, we have the same habit. I'll, I'll get in the jacuzzi and, and get get my muscles heated up. I know when you stretch when you when you stretch when your body's hot, you're mostly stretching muscles. You're not you're not really getting the ligaments and the tendons the way you need to. But you know, um, but flexibility training is a big thing. And then you've got your cardio, the element of cardio. Do you just get that just by training, or or are you doing something extra to get your cardio? Yeah, that's just going going crazy. I really early on realized, and that was I was uh, that's why I was ahead of much of the competition is because you know if you if you break everything up in segments like today you do thai boxing or boxing and today and then thai boxing and then wrestling and then and then uh, and then ground fighting you know you get used to it that it, it all, all these uh, three sports have an have a certain rhythm and once you get used to that certain rhythm like if i did two times on the back in the beginning that's the first year in japan how i trained two times on the back at the 12 rounds of three minutes on the back, two times a day, every day. But you get used to that. And once you get used to it, you can keep going. It's really weird you're in that trance. But if you start breaking your breathing, in, uh, if you start interrupting your breathing pattern, that's when you get tired. <clears throat> so if I suddenly do a sprawl in between, like a takedown defense, you know, that interrupts the breathing pattern and that gets tired. The more you use, the more heavy muscles you lose, like your legs, and then again, the takedown, and your core. And the core is the secret do everything pretty much Wait. because your core, I always explain it to people. Imagine you, you're, you're, you're training your biceps, you're pumping your biceps and they're, they're literally just get blocked in there. And, and like that acid, you see them pump mm-hmm. Well, your core is doing that as well. But when your core pumps, it doesn't only go forward, it also goes inward and your lungs behind your core suddenly cannot completely inhale anymore because you kind of stop them. So I, I realized early on that it's very important to do a lot of apps and a lot of stretching your apps. And once you do that, you take care of the lactic acid in the body, and that makes it less hard. So, so tell me, and we've got to break away here for a minute. I hate to, I hate to do this. We're in the middle. We've got to take a break. We're talking with Boss Rutten. He's, uh, he's uh, tw- 22 times, uh, 22 fights in a row without, without uh, undefeated, UFC champ, world pancreas champ three times, and he loves Jesus, and he loves the Catholic Church. We're going to uh, come back. We're talking a little bit more about how Boss gets ready for a fight and then we're going to talk about how those things apply to a spiritual life. Hey, boss, what's your website if people want to follow your podcast and stuff like that? Uh, BossRutten.com. That's, that's where one has, B-A-S-R-U-T-T-E-N.com. And there you can pretty much find all the, all the platforms to all my uh, social media sites. And we're going to talk, when we come back, we're going to find out about the infamous liver shot, right? We're going to talk a story about that. How that, how that developed. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the Boss Rutten liver <laughs> shot. Uh, I want a description of it. I don't want to experience it. Uh, we're talking with Boss Rutten. This is Bear Wozniak with, from Deep Adventure Radio. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more thrilled to have this guy on. I, I've been, I can't imagine last time I've been so excited. Uh, we're going to try to get a little bit deeper and talk about how he, his uh, faith in Christ and in uh, the Catholic Church uh, is uh, developed. This is Bear Wozniak. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. International Deep Adventure Radio.
Now, back to Paradise and Deep Adventure Radio. Aloha and welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. I'm your adventure guide, Bear Wozniak. And we have with us today, Boss Rutten. He is, uh, went 22 fights in a row uh, undefeated. He uh, is UFC champion and three times world pancreas champion uh, and loves Jesus, loves uh, Mary, loves the Catholic Church, and he loves to beat people up. But there's a difference, right? When you're being bullied in school, uh, you don't have a choice. But when you're in the ring, right, it's consensual, right? It, it, it really is. It, 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 everything, you know, everything is about learning, whether it's in your mind. And, and, and a lot of it happens in the mind. You know, I've been very good at visualization uh, my entire life. I learned my katas for, uh, for karate at the time. I, le- I literally from books. You know, I would just do pictures on books, and I could literally do the kata afterwards. I've just been always good with that. I think if you can visualize it, you, your body can do it. Powerful statement. I remember when I was getting my first and also my secondary degree black belt, I was injured for months leading up to it, and I had to train mentally. I think it was the best part of the training that I did, uh, you know, is, is to train oh, mentally. It, yeah, I believe it. You know, I, I, there's... People in the beginning with mixed martial arts, they would say, okay, it's uh, 50% is physical, 50% is mental. And I go, no, it's way higher. It's like 90% mental and 10% physical. And then, and then I started really thinking about it. I go, well, no, it's not. It's, it's 100% mental. I mean, if you, for, you know, in order to make your body work well, it happens in the mind already, right? If you decide to more the, the, in the morning to go out of bed, again, that's a decision that needs to be made in the mind and the body does it. So everything is in the mind. You control the mind, you control the body, you control everything. Well, you know, uh, Bruce Lee said strength does not come from physical capacity. It comes from an indomitable will. There's a there's a decision that you make. Uh, it's it's a mental it's a mental decision to start your day. Like you said, just getting up early to, to do what you're supposed to do. But but, boss, we've got we talked about flexibility. Uh, we talked about uh, we also talked about uh, stamina. We're talking about the mental game, and then there's strength. How did you develop your physical strength? You know, it's weird. I've been always physically strong. I'm, uh, my, my, my whole dad side of the family, they're all athletes and, and gymnasts. So my brother, he, he's even better than I. He just chose to be an, uh, a lawyer, you know, but he's an uh, incredible athlete as well. So, you know, I, I was always physically strong, but I, I just I worked hard as well. I did, I'd always did a lot of repetitions. You know, bench pressing, I would do people go, like, how much you bench press? I said, that literally I had to find one time I said, okay, let's. Let's see what I can do, and I, I believe I pushed uh, 435 pounds four times. But that was wow. that was after trying to figure out what I could press. So because I would do like 190 pounds, I would bench press 30 times, mm-hmm. and I did four sets of that. So you know, people say you don't get strong. I say, oh, you, you actually you do get strong, and I, I believe in the in the muscle conditioning, especially because a fight is long. It's not a short explosive thing. It's it's a long. You have to understand when I started fighting in Japan, there was one round of 30 minutes. You right. know, there was no breaks, there was no nothing, and there was no weight classes. So right. I fought my first guy against a guy who's 45 pound heavier in a 30 minute fight, and th- those rules I found out on the day. So it was kind of <laughs> scary, you know. You go like, "Whoa, there's no weight class. Oh, there's one round. Oh, that's easy. How many minutes? 30 minutes. Oh, yeah, great. You know, I, I was bluffing, of course, but I go, man, 30 minutes. Well, what am I uh, getting myself into? Well, it's a lot like so. The first you know, UFC's once you too. have those numbers, you're going to have to. You realize that you will need to be in shape, right? Okay, so let's talk about that from a spiritual point of view. I got to take out a Hall of Famer, um, the Nigerian Nightmare, uh, 
fullback for the Kansas City Chiefs and, uh, and, and took him out surfing. And he's in great shape. He'd already been retired for a few years. And I said, how do you stay in great shape? He goes, because I have an appointment with myself every morning at 6 a.m. to work out. This whole area that you're talking about, strength, flexibility, uh, stamina, and the mental work, all has to do with one word, discipline. And that's what, that's what the word disciple comes from. How, do, how does a Christian translate that into his, his spiritual life? What, how, how, how do you approach that? How do you approach your spiritual life using those same sort of characteristics? Yeah, discipline is your true friend that will introduce you to your true self, right? That's, that's what discipline is. And, and so it, it correlates perfectly, you know, like, exactly like the person you're just talking about. He says, well, I, I, I work. discipline says that in, morning, in the morning at 6 o'clock I train. I, I call it habits. With me, everything is a habit. And I always have a bad habit. You create it into a good habit. You can't throw away a bad habit you, and make a new good habit. You got to switch the bad habit into a good habit. I do these talks with these uh, kids here, you know, when they go from uh, high school to college or, or to work. And then I talk to them what they can expect in life. And the first question I ask is, I'm talking about the body, the human body and how it repairs itself. And I said that the brain does the same thing. I said, show of hands, how many people hit the, al- the snooze button this morning when the alarm went and did that four, three or four more times. And 85% of the hands go up. And I said, that's just a bad habit. You know, you can break that habit in a week, it's done. You know, it's literally tomorrow morning, the bell, the, the, the alarm goes and you sit up in your bed and you go out and you force yourself to do that for a week. Now it became a habit. Now it's normal. And once it becomes normal, you don't think about it anymore. And that's the same thing with faith. Where people say, yeah, I don't have the time for that. How much time do you think you need today? Half an hour, an hour? They say, well, let's say half an hour. I say, wake up uh, half an hour earlier. That's what I do. It's very simple, you know, and you do that. And then it's done. You can build your own day and everything that you do. what I tell people, whatever you can do now, do now. You never know what's going to come in ahead. My, my, my kids, at the end of the, uh, their vacation, you know, the, the homeschool uh, needs to be done. I say, if you're smart, you're doing it immediately in the beginning of your vacation. You know, get it over with. Now you got the freedom. Because otherwise, it always is there. It's a little burden that, oh, I still have to do this. I still have to do this. Get rid of it. You know, and once you start doing it in fighting, once you start doing it in faith, you do it in everything. And, and that's it. You know, everything is about discipline. You people who have no guidance, those are the people who are lost. But discipline gives you that guidance. I've seen that. Like uh, people that are, uh, you know, black belts, it's, it's, it's certainly not to the degree of being like an MMA, MMA fighter. But when you've had the discipline uh, and, and, you've ta- and it's taken the physical uh, adaptability to reach that mark, next thing you want to go learn how to fly a plane, you're going to have you've, – you've, you've built in yourself a certain adaptability, a, a learning ability, a willingness to learn, and a discipline, and that habit – from being an MMA fighter to being a, a spiritual warrior, it translates. And you're saying that you start every morning with a half hour of prayer. Tell us what that's like. Well, I, you know, I, I start in the morning. I start with, uh, with the daily readings. It's the first two. And then I have the divine mercy readings. I do these as well. I like those. They're short, but they're really cool always. And then I take a cup of coffee. And once I did that, you know, I, I pick a spot here in, the, in my backyard, which I have a perfect spot where I sit by myself. And that's where I do a rosary. That's where it's the calm meditation, go through it, you know, and it calms me down. And sometimes, like I said, you know, when I jump up, it depends on my schedule. I do simultaneously, I do my stretching routine uh, with the rosary, you know, because it hurts. And, and it was, it's always an easy thing to go. You go, oh, this is really hurting, this is really hurting. But then you think about the passion. And you go mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, I'm a little sissy here. I shouldn't be uh, complaining. So it kind of helps you with that as well. 
And you talked about how it's the whole thing of the habit. The Catholic Church teaches us that the seven virtues are acquired habits. It's an automatic response to life, a virtu- uh, the virtue of fortitude, you know, of courage, of, of, of always uh, doing, uh, you know, pressing through, or, or of self-mastery, or, or of, of justice. These, as you, as you practice them, they become disciplines, they become a habit. Uh, and so this whole thing you said about the habit, you said something else. I've never heard this saying before. Discipline is your true friend, and it, it introduces yeah, no, introduce yeah. you to your true self. Right? It that? will introduce you to your true self. It's your faithful friend who will introduce you to your true self. That, that's, the, that's the perfect line for it. I, when I heard that line, I go, I got to write that down because that's a great line. And that's, part, that, that's the whole area uh, we talk about when we talk about the virtues and when we talk about self-mastery. You know, to, to, when I heard someone, I think it was The Seven Habits of a Successful Person. The first thing in that book was get up. Get up in the morning on time. That's the first rule of life, you know. And you know what I challenge men to, bosses? I tell them, if you're not getting up an hour every morning before your family gets up and you're not spending a time like that in prayer, your family's in jeopardy. If you're not getting up before them and slaying some dragons, praying the rosary, uh, don't you see an impact on your family? Don't you just know? uh, Do you get a sense uh, during your prayer life in the morning, do you ever get a sense about what your family may need from you that day or a direction from the Holy Spirit. What, what's your, what, what happens there? With me, every day, it made me a much calmer person, a more calculated person, a person that doesn't need to right away react anymore on social media or somebody text or whatever. You know, I, you know, you start taking things slower. It's my, my wife said it yesterday. She was talking to my daughter. She said that she talked to my daughter and that they both agreed that me going back to the faith was the best thing I've ever did. And that's what they said yesterday. You know, she told me yesterday. So, you know, they notice it in the house. I'm, I'm a, I'm a wild man. I'm, I've been, I've been really crazy, uncontrolled, unguided, you know, and, and I never been a bad guy. I've always been happy, always been helping people. So, you know, virtues, I was okay, but still, you know, there's a lot of things, profanity or drinking too much or doing those kind of things, all that got sorted out with the faith, you know, with with, with me, it's very simple. I'm a fighter. You know, so I like to be in control of myself. And once you let that go, you realize, wait a minute, there's somebody, there's a higher power who has that control is good. But, you know, also what it's the Bible, the Bible, for instance, says, you know, you're enslaved. If you're, if you're like an alcoholic, you're enslaved to alcohol. And when I read that, I go, well, no, 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 I'm nobody's slave. Not, and that means also not alcohol, you know, and that boom, that right away stops it. You know, the, the wording they have and the way they talk about it. Matthew uh, 7, 1 to 5, that's the first verse, you know, I thought I was never going to be a guy who remembers all these verses, and these, but, but that was the first one that spoke to me so big, because I think it's with everybody, you know, don't, uh, 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 don't take, uh, you, you want to take care of the little speck in your uh, brother's eye, but you know, you got a wooden boom in your, uh, wooden beam in your own eye, you know, so first take out that wooden beam in your own eye, you know, your own problem, because and then you can work on your brother's eye and take the little tiny speck out. And that's what happens. Everything is reflections. I realized everything that you try to push on people are things that you are not doing. Amen. You know, you go like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah I, I can preach it, but I got to live it by that as well. We're talking with Boss Root, and we're going to be right back with more uh, UFC World Heavyweight Champion, you guys, and a Pancras World Champion, and a Champion of the Faith. This is Bear Watson with Deep Adventure Radio. We'll be right back. Deep Adventure Radio, going deeper into the heart of God. 
Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Deep Virtue number 71 with Bear Wozniak from deepadventure.com. You know, I, I'm a surfer. I stand up paddle. Uh, and when you wear polarized glasses when you're sailing or when you're uh, on a powerboat uh, or standing, walking along the beach, when you wear polarized glasses, you can see below the ocean. In Hawaii, sometimes we can see a couple hundred feet deep and you can just see the, the fish moving around, the, the, the manta rays, the sharks, the, the dolphins, the puffer fish. It gives you a, a, a depth of vision. Uh, of what's possible down there. And yet, uh, you know, there's a whole big difference from being on the surface and diving down into the deep. I remember when I first learned how to scuba dive, it was amazing. I went down there where the big old Maury eels were and like a bunch of sharks came along and we fed them uh, fish and looking at the uh, seeing whales swim above me, you know. And I realized I had this whole different sort of living where I could go up and down, not just left and right or back and forth. I could go up and down too, a whole different dimension of living. This is what it is like. When you go deep with the Lord, when you dive deep into the Holy Spirit, when you immerse yourself in prayer and reading, uh, doing the liturgy of the hours and praying in the Spirit and just spending time in contemplation, praying your rosary. This is what it's like when you go deep with God. Your life has a whole new dimension to it. You had no idea that you were living on flat earth in a sense in your spiritual life. You had no idea the sense of perspective that God will give you into just the day-to-day decisions. And the wonder, more than anything, the wonder of it all, the wonder of life just comes alive to you when you go deep with God. So this is Bear Wozniak. I'm challenging you to challenge you to have a scuba life. Breathe a new kind of, of oxygen. Go deep with the Lord. This is Bear Wozniak with Deep Virtue from DeepAdventure.com. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at DeepAdventure.com.
Back to Deep Adventure Radio with Bear Wozniak, suffering in paradise for you. Aloha, everybody. This is Bear Wozniak with Deep Adventure Radio. Hey, you guys, we've got something new that we have started. I think it's been needed for a long time. We have a, a, a secret group. If you go to our website, deepadventure.com, you click on the bear claw that says join bears pack. We have a bears man cave. We have a man cave that we've set up on Facebook. You can't join it. Uh, you, you know, you have to go through our website, deepadventure.com, click on join the pack, and then we give you access to this secret group. And it's for, it's for men only. And it's been really cool, men. It's a place for us to really dig down deep and get gritty and get real with each other and uh, really uh, deal with. Uh, Deal with what's going on in our life. But, you know, it's time for men to be men again. It's time to stop being a nice guy or, a pa- or, or, or uh, some genderless male. It's time to be men again. So we're going to start doing our Google Hangouts where people can join us. We're going to have a manly beverage. We're going to maybe have a cigar. But we're going to talk about Jesus, and we're going to go deep with each other. So uh, uh, I can't think of anybody better, a better candidate that, than, our, than our guest, Boss Rutan, who's on, who's on our show with us today. Uh, UFC World Heavyweight Champion, uh, Pan Craze Champion, uh, and uh, Champion of Our Faith. And uh, so we want to ask you guys, go to our website, deepadventure.com, click on and find out more about the Bears Man Cave, where we can really talk story and go deep with each other. Hey, you know what we did, boss? Uh, we had this new little, uh, um, a new um, challenge I gave to the men. I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, but I've just challenged them. A lot of men are soft, boss. I mean, if you're, not, if you're physically not strong, and especially if you're lazy in your eating habits, you're going to die young, you know, and you're not going to be able to finish the, the, the fight that God has for you. So we're challenging them just an easy thing, you know, 30 push-ups, 30 crunches, 30 minutes of cardio each day, you know, for 30 days. Just to get them moving, just to get just to get men moving. Do you what do you, what do you say to that to that? Uh, I'm not saying just physically soft, but there's this kind of that 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 isn't there a crisis with masculinity today? It, it really is. Everybody's becoming soft. That's the six or seven generations right that went on. After it's all because of the, the you know Father Ripperger, Chad Ripperger is also an, uh, an exorcist. He's a great theologian, and, and he he talked about this the set generations how softer we're getting and getting slowly but surely. But it's all you know, it stems from thing with the baby boomers just from war, you know, and these parents didn't want it so bad for the kids, so they make it more easy for the kids. And now the kids are used to it. And then it goes on to the next generation. And we all become weaker and weaker. Men are not men anymore. <clears throat> you know, if you say, or you're, uh, people say, if you, you pray or you, you, you're going to church or a Catholic or whatever, you know, you're, you're not a man. I go, <laughs> that's, that's the epitome of being a man. You know, you, you guys, the world just has a wrong idea of what a man is. It's not a guy in a big car with a big watch and a big this and I money, 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 and me, me, me. That's, it's so self-absorbent. It's, it's really the guy who takes care of his wife, by the way, who treats her as a princess, put her on a pedestal, one flesh, right? Once you're married, you have to treat it. There's no way you can hurt your your, your wife. You, she has to be on the same level as you, if not more. So once you start doing that and, and, and getting away from the video games and getting away from waking up in the morning, smoking weed and all night being, all day being stoned, these are all effeminate things. These are things that weak people do. They got caught up in the end. I think the internet also, I think it's the devil's invention. It truly is. It's set to everything. It's the porn. It's the this. And it becomes, everything becomes normal. Yet on the other side, you know, oh man, if you, you're a transgender, you're going to need your own room, a restroom. I go, no, it's very easy. Do you have a penis or a vagina? And that's where you're going to go to. And you know, it's Thomas Aquinas, right? All these, 
Thomas Aquinas, it, it, right? But it, yeah, yeah, that's it. But it, but it is what it is. You have to. You're not. Other people will understand if you're walking in boys' clothes and the boy. If you're a girl but walk in a boys' room, they get you. They know you're a transgender. Don't worry about them, you know. So, just it. If this keeps on going, it goes all down the drill. You're not allowed to say anything anymore. You know, you have to watch out against who you say it. Because if I say something to a white person, but I say that same thing to a black person, I suddenly I'm a racist. I'm not a racist. You know, it's it's too crazy for words. You can't do anything anymore. You're looked upon on the social media. Everybody jumps on your social media. If you say something, if you make a joke, I mean, it's it's too bad. It's crazy. It needs to be pumped up again, and we need a little stronger guys. You know, Johnny, I love a, I love Johnny Cash's quote: "Being a Christian isn't for sissies." You know, it it, it takes a real man to be a Christian. It's easy to go down. It's easy to go down the path you know, of the devil and Satan. It takes a real man to stand up to Satan and stand up to life and, and live life, uh, you know, virtuously. So it, it, being a Christian isn't for sissies. And it's kind of gotten that rap. And you know what? It's our own fault. That, that People ask, well, why do you think so many men are leaving the church? What's the church doing wrong? Nothing. It's the men that are doing it wrong. The men are not, are, are not manning up. They've left a big vacuum. And, and women are stepping in, praise God, and taking, taking, uh, taking care of, of things in the church. But it's time for men to stand up again. I want to ask you this question. Um, tell us about uh, your buddy Kevin James and all that went down there when you began to go get real traction in your spiritual faith. Well, he's also in the faith, you know, and uh, he has these great talkers uh, coming uh, to him. So there's a lot of free time on a, on a movie set as well. And we're shooting a movie, you know, and then when there's free time, you know, we're sitting out, hey, we're in Las Vegas. We're sitting outside. Let's make the devil's playground, make it, make it into a good playground. So, you know, there was a talk. Uh, from Leo Severino, another really smart theologian, and 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 he talked about uh, life, that a tree, and he talked about an, uh, a leaf that fell from the tree, and that leaf had had arrived at its end destination, and then he started backtracking where the, the leaf come, came from, and you know, but like all the way going back, and then you realize, you know, the, the way he does that, it doesn't do any justice what I'm saying right now, because if you if you're in that talk, you're going to go, okay, this talk needs to be done in every school. That's what needs to be done because then all the kids, everybody got it. Okay, that's the first step because it was not about God. It was not about thing. It was the whole how he got back. And then suddenly you realize, wait, we've been put on this planet. You know, mm -hmm. so, somebody designed this. And once you realize that, then everything else becomes really easy. Well, I heard you talking about Anton Flew. You know, he was the great, you know, I, I, he was a very smart guy. You know, he came, uh, he became a, an atheist. I think his dad was a Presbyterian minister or something, but he, came, he became an atheist. Right there uh, at the, at Oxford, when C.S. Lewis, who was going, went from atheism to to uh, to Orthodox Christianity, I think they would get together on Tuesday nights or something like that. I forget the but they would seek truth. Anton Flew, you mentioned him in an interview I heard you did, where he became he became one of the smartest uh, uh, proponents for atheism of the last century. But when he backs up, when you back up from that leaf and where did it come from, and you go back to the the you know the DNA molecule. And all of that, you get to the point yep, where you're just humbled. You're just humbled, and you got to go. That just didn't happen. I'm, I'm, I've got my ukulele right here. You know, it's got four strings. Uh, someone had to design that. It didn't just accidentally happen. But so then there was this kind of this moment where you go, ah, we weren't uh, we weren't planted here by some other planet or something. We were planted here by God. And then what began to happen in your life? You know, this that was the, that was the first step for me. And and then I started talking to Father Ripper, who was the exorcist. And then I started talking about things that he experienced during those 
whatever, eight and a half thousand exorcisms. And then you, once you start listening to these stories and you, you know, there's a woman in Utah who speaks a language that wasn't spoken for 1500 years. It's not like she can go online on the Rosetta Stone and figure out and then start speaking to, you know, they, they couldn't even decipher it unless they, uh, until they send it to the Vatican and they say, okay, that was like Aramaic or so, something. So it was some a language de- that some wasn't demons, spoken for 15- Some demons speaking through her. Is that what you're saying? That's it. Yeah. You know? And when you talk to them and, and, and people go now, you know, non-believers go, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. Like, but I asked him about the shape shifting with the faces, if they become animalistic. And he goes, yeah, that's that's 90 percent of the time. You know, that was a normal thing. <laughs> you know, and I go, that is the craziest thing when you hear these things, you know, or, or somebody when you walk in floating. You know, and you have to talk these people down. And this is all video, you know, this video. Tape. I wish they could release those types. I don't know why. There's also a cop needs to be there. I mean, Jesse Romero is a buddy of mine. He told me oh, this crazy Jesse. story. I mean, he yeah, got thrown Jesse. through the air yeah. by, by a woman who was like 90 pounds on crutches on, on a walker, you know. Mm. And she, I, I, with four big guys, they had to jump on top of her because if, uh, when they put her in front of the, the Blessed Sacrament, she mm. was like, he said, like a, like a bull uh, frog. It, it started puffing up. And she grabbed and she grabbed the priest, threw the priest through the air. His wife was laughing because she said that he flew through the air like in a movie with his legs and his <laughs> hands in the same direction. You know, it's but, you know, if once you experience that and, and I have to say another thing, I had a run in with a ghost in my uh, in my old house. And uh, and it was really going for me, attacking me, and many times, and then the whole family saw it. Uh, we we I mean we saw curtain flying against the wall with all the. Uh, we, I literally thought somebody just ran through it. Somebody was in the house. I told my family to stay there. You know, we just walked into the house, and it was a really weird thing. So for me, physically being attacked, and physically, I know the dark forces are out there. Well, we got you know, to. So we tra- for, we gotta, for me, it was an easy step. We got to take a break. We'll be right back, you guys. We're talking with Boss. Rutan, UFC world champion, Pancrase world champion, and champion of our faith. This is Bear Wasnick. We're going to talk more, a little bit more about um, his his walk in faith, his being a champion for the Catholic faith, and we're going to talk about how Satan's a punk. We'll be right back with more Deep Adventure Radio. Serve some real and radical ways to live your faith. This is Daniel Baboon Markham at DanielMarkham.com with this week's episode of Surf's Up, The Shoot. A shoot is something folks today think of as plain old fun. You know, it's that shaft or tube you use to slide down with acceleration into a pool of warm water. But to a wagon master on the Oregon Trail, it meant nothing but toil, sweat, and swearing or praying, depending on one's disposition. The near last shoot on the Oregon Trail is called the Laurel Hill Shoot, where immigrants like my great-grandpa, Dan and Grandpa Daniel wrestled with ropes, pulleys, and sheer strength to lower their wagons down a near vertical rock slope to the next section of the trail. Keep in mind there were five chutes on the Laurel Grade, many more before and a few after. But these on Laurel Hill were the worst of the bunch. I'm sure the only thing that kept them going was the fact they had over 2,000 miles behind them and only 50 more to go before reaching Oregon City, Oregon, the end of the trail. Their eyes were fixed on the final destination, and the light at the end of the tunnel wasn't a train coming the other way, but inspiration to keep on keeping on. The book of Hebrews was written to folks who were gravely struggling with their faith during a very difficult time in their spiritual journey. 
the writer encouraged them with these words, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Grab a rope and pull, my friends. Don't lose heart. Like Jesus, there's joy set before you, too. This is Daniel Boone Markham at DanielMarkham.com on a journey a few miles this side of heaven. Surf's up. Go deep or go home. Aloha, welcome back to Deep Adventure Radio. You guys, we're talking with Boss Rutten. Uh, you know, Satan thinks he's the biggest bully on the block. The first thing Jesus, and Boss is talking to us about a confrontation with the demon. We're going to talk about that in a moment. The first thing Jesus did when he was baptized by the Spirit is he went out into the desert and he took on Satan, right? He took out, he called him out, yep. took on the biggest bully on the block. And if you look at uh, St. Anthony of the Desert, he and his monks went out in the desert, and, and St. Anthony did actually get thrown around and physically get bruises, but they took on Satan. You know, Satan is a punk. Think about it. When he rebelled against God, you know, there's, there's I forget, seven different choirs of angels. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's nine, but there's all these different levels of angels, and Satan was right there at the top. And he and a third of the angels rebelled against a God who they could see face-to-face, a God of love. And so God's response was he went down all these different rungs of angels. The lowest rung of the angelic kingdom is the angels. And then the next rung up is the archangels. And then it goes up from there. And he goes, hey, St. Michael, the archangel, take this punk out. And they did. They threw this this lower-level angel, not to say that we should ever minimize Michael, threw this punk out 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 of heaven. But he likes to grab attention, and he has a terrible plan for your life, and he hates you, and he, lo- and he runs his demonic kingdom by intimidation. Those angels, are, those fallen angels, those demons are not loyal to anyone but to themselves, and, and the, only thing they, the only reason they respond to Satan is because Satan's a bully, and they, and they respond because they intimidate him. But what happened with Father Ripiger when you began to deal with this, you began to find out more about what this, this was, then how did you respond to this, this uh this, the, the, when you, your faith began to take more traction, what happened then? How did you respond to that? 
that kind of well, invitation. What, what is not to respond? You know, everybody hears that he's the SEAL Team 6 guy under the, under the priest, right? <laughs> the guy who goes after big demons. Yeah. And we've been talking. We, we were in the prayer group as well together. Beelzebub, right? That's a big one. That's Satan right there. And, 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 he, and he was talking to us on conferences about that. He has this woman. It's really hard to get uh, the, the demon out there. So, you know, we put everybody together and uh, we're in one group. And everybody said, okay, let's, let's uh, see if we can help him. And apparently it was a very good session. That was yesterday. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a scary it's a phys- thing it's a phys- And I said, are you never afraid? And he said, no, we, we always win, boss. Well, you know what, you <laughs> so know what, this is, you know what it is? is I've, I've dealt with that before when I've, especially when I'm leading someone to the Lord, a demon will manifest sometimes and you just, you just deal with it. But you know what they do best is they, they, they instigate fear. And you know why they're so good at it? Because they're scared to death. They're the ones that are afraid you know, because they're afraid, the, the demons are afraid of the higher demons, and of course all of them must be afraid of, of, of God. They're afraid. They're afraid. They're alone. They're isolated from true life and true love. And, they're, and, and so when they, they're good at, at making us afraid because they are afraid. And once you figure that out, then you deal with them in the name of Jesus Christ. But the reason why I wanted to talk about this is not that we're any experts in this area, but men, your family is in a battleground. If you're in the middle of a war zone and you don't know it, uh, your family is going to be in trouble. What I like about, most importantly about what Boss said was when he saw there was a problem in his house, he went in, he left the family behind him. He stood between his family and what he's perceived as a potential threat and went in there and took care of it. And God honored him as a man, even though he didn't ex- expulse this, this entity in the name of Jesus, because he stood as a man and in the role of a father, which is, about his, you know, which is in the role of God the Father. When you stand in that role that God's given you, God will bless you. But man, your family are in jeopardy. My kids, I say, I, I, I tend to always, I'm rotating, saying a nine day of rosary for one child and then another child and then back to another child. Um, I'm standing in the gap. I'm fighting for my family. Your family is in the middle of a war zone, and if you've neglected to pick up the weapon of the of the rosary, if you've neglected spending time before the Lord in Eucharistic adoration, or going to Mass, or or praying as as uh, Boss Rutten does the, the Divine Mercy, if you're not if you haven't drawn the sword uh, early in the morning before your family gets up, your family's going to be in harm's way. Uh, boss, we got to wrap this up pretty soon. We've only got a couple minutes left. What would you say to the men there that are standing on the fence that haven't made a commitment for Christ and for the church? <clears throat> what do you have to lose? You know, the problem nowadays, everything is short. Everything is, you know, it's, it's all social media, 135 characters. Everything needs to be short. Nobody has the time anymore. Everybody sees something inspiring on TV and says, oh, I should do something like that. That's so cool. But then the next text message, boom, it's already gone again because apparently that is more important. And I tell people, why don't you take half an hour out of your day in the morning and you start with something, start reading about the faith. The thing is, though, you need a good person who talks about it. I was blessed with having one of the best speakers with Anthony Flew, what you say. I talked personally to Roy Forges, who, 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 who turned Anthony Flew, who talked about the DNA. You know, all these guys I met, Matthew Kelly, all these, you know, so I was always blessed to have friends in high places who know these people and, and, and so you can hang out with. But if you do that and you have a good theologian and you start doing these 30 minutes, I guarantee you, just be military style about it. Do it for three months. And I, 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 I 100% guarantee you, once after three months, you're going to go, okay, I'm going to stay into this because this is really interesting. It's not about praying all day long and we're doing this. Oh, bless you, Jesus. And that's what people think. It's really not like that. It's, we talk about everything, about how the mind works, the body works, how you can stop things since, how you can stop them even before 
happening, you know. But if you call the sin, oh, it's right away religious again. But a bad thing, any bad thing, you know, I know now how to handle. I know where it starts in the body, in my mind. I know how I can slap it away right away, instantly, you know. But you have to learn about that. And it's really interesting. Look at me. I'm a fighter. I'm a freaking fighter. I'm, I'm the most egomaniac thing on the planet almost. It's one-on-one -on -one against one. You're the guy. I'm the man, you know. And for me to do that, I never believed in this. It was just these two conversations I had made it undeniable. And, and once you realize that they start reading, then you become intrigued and you want to learn about the faith because it's truth. And we're all looking for the truth. Oh, the getting... truth will set you free, which is, by the way, an expression from the Bible as well. Amen, Jesus. Yeah, dude, it's so cool. Hey, boss, you're going to have to let me have you back. So here's what we learned today. I'm going to wrap it up. The, the, the four great disciplines of a fighter, cardio. You got to have cardio. You got to have good oxygen flow. You got to have the Holy Spirit, the breath of the Holy Spirit in your life. A flexibility training for a fighter is, 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 is so important. Flexibility. Be docile to the will of the Holy Spirit. Be docile to the teaching of the Catholic Church. Read your catechism and go, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. I need to live that way. I need to be flexible. Strength. Strength comes through one thing resistance training. Look for adversity. Go after it. Take. Choose the hard thing, not the easy thing. And in life, get ready. Everybody's Rocky Bubble. Everybody has uh, something they have to come. But more than anything, boss, you mentioned the mental strength. We need to learn truth. As you, the last word you said, know the truth and the truth will set you free. We need to get deep in Scripture, deep in the catechism, deep in the early church fathers, and, and, and let truth run wild. Boss, can I have you back again soon, dude? It's, it's, it's been too fast. Yeah, yeah, no, let me know. It's uh, it's always great. You know, I, it's really cool. I'm doing now something with, uh, I got people here. I'm going to meet them in, uh, in an hour and a half from Philadelphia for their parish, Catholic parish. And they're going to make a video. They're going to follow me around for three days, what my life is about. And then let's see if we can inspire some people from their parish, you know, to... Uh, to get a little oh, yeah. stronger. I can tell you what, we have a reality show on EWTN. It's going to be on the Armed Services Network starting in a couple of weeks, too, called Long Ride Home. We ride motorcycles, six men across the United States. When are we going to get you on a motorcycle with us? That will be something. The problem <laughs> is right now I have had a motorcycle uh, driver's license in, uh, in Holland. But when I came yeah. here, I didn't renew it because you guys are allowed here to pass on the right and the left. <laughs> and I think that's way too uh, dangerous. And me, with my crazy my now actually, coming back to the faith and being calm, I can actually do it, I think. Uh, maybe, I maybe, who knows? Now. Maybe that's in the future. We're talking with Boss Rutten, uh, UFC heavyweight champion of the world and uh, many-time pancreas champion, a champion for our faith. I already missed talking to you, dude. It's good, yeah, it good to fun, know you, right? boss. It's always fun to talk about. Yeah, let's get you back on. Hey, guys, we want to remind everybody that we have our website, deepadventure.com. And if you go there and subscribe to our newsletter, you get your free copy of a talk I gave uh, called uh, Stepping Into the Breach, Call to the Wall at the big men's group we had in Oklahoma, big meeting we had there. And we want to announce our Bears Man Cave. This is men's only secret group on Facebook. Go to deepadventure.com, click on the bear claw, join the pack claw, find out more about it. But we're having, it's a man getting to share on a really gritty level. And, be, and we also are uh, having Google Hangouts uh, on an irregular basis, probably about once a month, where all the men can get together by Google Hangouts. And we're starting local men's groups where we can get together, have a cigar, a whiskey or a beer, 
and uh, share some brotherhood and go deeper with each other and with the Lord. So we're excited about that too. So go to our website, deepadventure.com, and uh, check out the Bears Man Cave uh, thing, and also subscribe to our, our newsletter. And don't forget, Long Ride Home. EWTN loves it. They're going to be re-airing it. They're showing it. The, the last uh, show will end somewhere in the middle or end of August, and then they're going to start showing it again in September. Only this time they're going to show it twice a week, and uh, Armed Services Network is going to start showing it. And you can get the whole 10 DVD set by going to our website, deepadventure.com, and get for your man. This is the show that uh, men and women who have uh, wanted to share this with people that maybe really don't uh, identify yet with a more of the religious sort of um, almost cultural shock. Sometimes when people have never experienced, you know, going really even going into a church or have been alienated from the church, get them this DVD set and, and let them watch just the first 15 minutes and, they, and they'll end up watching all 10 DVDs and have an experience of, you know, maybe go, coming back deeper with God. So go to our website. We've got motorcycles, pins and patches and T-shirts and coffee cups. And if you join the Bears Man Cave um, private club on Facebook. If you go to our website, deepadventure.com, to join it, uh, you also get a, f- a free Bears Man Cave shot or beer mug or coffee cup. Hey, guys, we're going to have ba- Boss Rootin' back. It was great to have him on our show. Till next week, this is Bear Wozniak. Aloha and viva Cristo Rey. This is Deep Adventure Radio. Hear archived shows, buy Bear's book, Deep in the Wave, A Surfing Guide to the Soul, and sign up for our Wave of the Week email at deepadventure.com. For the latest news on Bear and Deep Adventure, visit us on Facebook and share Deep Adventure with your friends. The most radical thing you can do in life is abandon yourself to the wild adventure of God's will. Deep Adventure Radio. Deep Adventure Radio.